You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Here we go. Hey gang, Kevin Goatee here, gutting the sacred cow. How are you this week? We've got a hell of an episode for you this time. Dan Buffa joins us to take down the surprisingly successful and acclaimed La La Land, a musical. Yikes. Before we get into it, do not forget, if you want to advertise with us, guttingthesacredcow at gmail.com. That's how you get a hold of us. And for all of our new fans and friends, thank you for joining us on this voyage. Please, if you have not yet done so, a five-star rating or a two- or three-sentence review, if you'd be so kind. And guttingthesacredcow.com every day has new blog articles for you. Check it out. Hop over to the merch shop. Grab a mug. Grab a t-shirt. Grab a hoodie, sweatshirt, bag. I don't know. I don't care. Whatever you want. We appreciate it. So without any further ado, here's Dan Buffa doing La La Land. Gather round is what I know. If peeing your pants is cool, then call me Miles Davis. Kevin Israel, name that film. Because it's two softballs in a row. <laughs> is it? I don't know. <laughs> Some of these peeing your pants is cool. Consider me Miles Davis. Ew. <laughs> Billy Madison. There you go. Can I, real quick, funny story about Billy Madison. I that came out while I was. I came out on video while I was in college, and I was hooking up with this girl. And I needed to go get a condom and I didn't have one. So I ran across the hall to get one from my buddy. And there were a bunch of guys just sitting in the sitting in the room watching a movie. I was like, what are you guys watching? And they're like, oh, Billy Madison, it just started. So I was like, oh, I never seen this. And I sat there and suddenly it was like 30 minutes later and I feel a tap on my shoulder and it was the girl. And she's like, what the fuck are you doing? And I was like, oh, sorry, I got. Oh shit! I got. She's like, yeah, I'm going home. And she something tells like, me she was a five or less. Because <laughs> I don't keep a I don't keep a Vegas eight or below waiting. Sevens are below. You can wait a little bit. Five. My freshman year of college, you're, so you're, I definitely wasn't. I wasn't. Yeah. I, I wasn't going varsity. Yeah. yeah. Five. You're not entering my room if you're a five. Ugh. Maybe a barroom bathroom. That's it. Kevin Goatee. Kevin Israel. We are back. 
gutting the sacred cow. First and foremost, you guys are amazing. Why? Because I don't know when this is going to air, but not too long ago, you helped us break our single day download record by a fuckload. The Ghostbusters episode went through the roof. We thank you so very much. We love you for that. Please continue to give us those five-star ratings and two or three-sentence reviews as we post, as I just posted two more this weekend, Kevin Israel. I'm sure you've seen that. But love it. we want to welcome this week's guest. We're welcome Dan Buffett to the program. Dan, how the hell are you, sir? I'm doing really well. I am uh, one beer in, and I'm listening to the banter. I'm, I'm liking the energy. I don't want to go on a podcast where everybody's just like, hi, everybody, this is a podcast. No, I want nice. energy. I want loudness. Well, loudness, you sure as hell welcome to the right place, <laughs> especially in this loud this mouth. Great. Ah, I'm so glad. Listen, three minutes in, and he's already going to fucking sing our praises. Dan has chosen a film, Kevin Israel, that I have not seen, nor did I ever plan on seeing. And this is a film that made my five to ten films that I was like crossing my fingers. No one picked for me to see. And that film is La La Land. Joanne Nosherzynski, I love her to death. We all you do, you do, everybody does. She is the queen leader in the clubhouse of picking two of those films. And now, Dan, welcome to the welcome to the tote board, La La Land. No desire to see it. What do we think? Hold the fuck on, because we've got some facts and figures for you. Came out in 2016, Israel, I hope you knew that. A budget of $30 million. A box office haul of... 449 million. Dan, Dan just is. fell off his fucking chair. Dan, I had no idea it made that much money as well. Me neither. Isn't it million? People. That's what it costs. This was a movie. This 30, was one of the 30, 3 0. This was like, that's this basically was a Bruce Willis's salary for Die Hard 3 in 1995. <laughs> this was one of those movies that theater geeks went and saw multiple times. Like, this was their moment. Since Dan brought up Die Hard 3, I'm going to tell a story about a movie. Die Hard 3 came out the day of my senior prom. And as we all know, you get cut out early for your prom. And my buddy and I go, what are we going to do? It's our half day ended at 1150. He goes, what are we going to do for like six hours ago? Easy answer. Die Hard's playing at <laughs> 110. We're fucking going. And go we did and loved every second of that. Oh. That was a good one, too. Love it. Three, hard, man. three is the second best in the series. It, it really is. And I also think it's the most one of the most rewatchable movies in that series because you have Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. He's making fun of Bruce Willis the whole time. Bruce Willis gets beat up in the first 30 minutes. It's, it's basically a great start. Oh, yeah. The sandwich boards uh, sign no, he had. That's, that's five minutes in. Like, well, hello. <laughs> <laughs> Which, of course, they would be strung by their nether regions in today's time. Any hoozy doozy. Take that money into $2021. You got it. A budget of $32.7 million and a box office haul of $490 million. That is Thor Dark World money. I will just say before we, we rip, I'll, I rip it. Respect. There's a Thank lot you. of land to makers. You, you, you gambled, you won. And you know what? It's Thor Dark World money and the on the end. But the investment, Thor Dark World, probably still cost about a hundred million, two hundred. I was gonna say two hundred would be my oh, guess. Oh gosh, yeah. So making four hundred ninety million dollars off of a thirty million dollar investment—that's like winning the lottery. That's like Blair Witch uh, investment <laughs> ROI right there. IMDb, gentlemen, you may or may not know, as they scale one through ten with decimal points, 
Our guest, Dan, I want you to give me your best guess. What do you think La La Land got in the old IMDb? They can be some stingy people on there. Even the most shiniest of films will go, well, wasn't that good? I'm going to go 8.2. Kevin Israel. Mm. I was going low eights too. Damn you, Dan. Doesn't uh, mean you can't. I'm going to go. No, I like to I like to make it interesting. I'll go 8.8. Eight. Eight. eight flat. Wow. Mm-hmm. Eight, I am surprised. Eight out of ten. Ah. Critics, Rotten Tomato score, Rotten Tomatoes, a one through 100 scale. Kevin Israel, the critic score for for La La Land, if you would please, if you'd be so kind. I'm going to stick to my ratio and go 88. Mm-hmm. Dan. I'm going to say it almost broke into the 90s. I'm going to say 89. 90. God damn it. Right there. Look at that. Dan. Blame it, Jim Carrey, for that. (laughs) Dan, give me the audience score for La La Land. Oh, man. I'm going to go lower. I'm going to go a little. I'm going to go 77. 77. Kevin Israel. I'm uh, going to disagree with Dan and go 92. 81. Wow. Man, Man, you're on it. You I don't know. I, I just being a critic, you stare at I stare at those things way too much for being it because you're always checking. You want to see how a film's tracking. Even if you're going to review it, you still want to know how it's going to. Is it a bomb? Is it going to be a secret gem or something? How's that Melissa McCarthy movies tracking? <laughs> oh, man, my my friend. Okay, can, can I tell a story about that Thunder Force? And my buddy reviewed it and it is probably the one text review that just told me ah, I'm not watching that. <laughs> What'd it say? So the other night, he goes, did you watch that Melissa McCarthy? I was like, first thing is her her husband should stop making movies altogether. And he said, don't watch it. There it is. That's it. Don't watch it. It's terrible. It <laughs> doesn't watch look, it. it. You know what? I sometimes wonder when people get these scripts. Like, it's so obvious watching the trailer that a movie's bad. I tweeted about a movie that looked horrible uh, <laughs> last week. And people lost their minds on me they're like you haven't even seen the really movie. you don't know what you're talking you about. haven't even seen it how dare you and it's like you know what i've seen pl- i've seen more trailers than most people most 10 people combined and you can tell from a trailer when a movie's gonna suck it's ve- yeah. very rarely to have a you can't and really the, let me just movie ended up being pretty good and this and you i don't i just don't get it how some of these stars are like you know what no i think we can make this work two heavy set superheroes no it's just in a comedy you're so generous. Yeah. I know. I, I will know. say the last movie I did watch. It's just and, and really. I was going to say I I watched I watched the Melissa McCarthy film just yesterday, and it was actually pretty good. Called "Can You Forgive Me." I've never even heard. Yes, of it. because she wasn't Melissa McCarthy. Thank you very much. Like, it's exactly. Right. It's it's a Tone story it about it, yeah, yeah. It's a story how she because she uh she needs to pay her rent. She becomes a master forger of uh, letters from famous authors. Pretty oh, good. I saw the, story. Yeah, I saw the trip, yeah, yeah, pretty good. It was good. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Listen, right. would I would I have paid fifteen bucks for it? Get the fuck out of here. No, but it was enjoyable. It was like okay, cool. It's a good hour and forty five minutes. I'm like, yeah, all right. Do I need to watch that again? No. But Something I, different. Yeah. Did know. I appreciate the investment of time? Sure. Well, I made notes for this film, La La Land. Quotes. Let's get something out of the way. I hate jazz. And that's the only quote I have from this film. Kevin Israel, how about you? <laughs> I mean, this isn't even this isn't even a, something you'd quote. It just stuck me struck me funny because of what this words come to mean. There's a nice way to say that, Karen. 
<laughs> and I just thought with the I way just, people use Karen now, but this was not a quotable movie. No, it's really not. I mean, you know, it's one of the things you just go, hey, hey, how was it? Hey, you know, you don't tell anybody about it. You tell your dog and then you bury that movie in the ground. Oh, Dan, any quotes jump out at you from this? Uh... Sorry, you got to repeat it. I just got attacked by two cats and a dog. What was that? Uh, so, Dr. Doolittle, did any quotes jump out at you from this film? Oh, gosh. Choose an accent, Robert Downey Jr. Oh. <laughs> I, I don't remember that part, but okay. Neither do I. That's a deep dive. That's <laughs> a deep dive. Are you doing the Danny Murphy one or the, or the Downey Jr. one? No, no. Oh, my God. Sorry. I guess you read too much in my, my joke there, Kevin. No, not from Dr. Doolittle. Quotes from La La Land. I, said, oh, I called, I called oh. you Dr. Doolittle because you're two dogs and a cat or two cats and a dog, whatever. What I, have, I have three cats and two dogs, and they're going to probably be running around, the, you know, tearing up gym. So I'm going to keep my focus right on you and just whatever happens. Right on. Any quotes from La La Land jump out at you? You know – I, I like to think the better parts of the movie, if there were any, was when more in the look. I can't think of one really quotable line that between any of the actors that just goes like, like you would just remember. So I, I don't know. Nothing really sticks out. Okay, fair. I don't blame you. Five fun facts. Five fun facts. Five fun facts for you right now. It's time for five fun more facts. Five fun facts for you right now. They closed the 105 and 110 freeway connection in September in Los Angeles in 110 degree heat for 150 dancers to jump on cars. Mm -hmm. The first five minutes of the movie, I guess. Oh, that's <laughs> first in first 15 war? seconds. Well, that will be discussed in my notes. Gosling learned how to play piano in three months by playing two hours a day, six days a week. Pretty good. No hand double, right? He's a talented dude, man. Yeah, no, no, yeah, I, I mean, watched. I watched. So he was banging away on those keys. I mean, if you, you can have me in there 12 hours a day for eight months, and I would come out of there going – Let's use the hand double. Okay, let's yeah. just do the hand double. Look, okay, I played it. the drums for 20 years and I couldn't play the piano as well as couldn't play the drums as well as he played the piano. I can play the theme to Spy Hunter and the California Raisins, but that's it. Number three, the dance number in the street was filmed over two nights as they had three takes per evening before the light was gone and they nailed it in two nights. <laughs> what when La oh, go ahead, Dan. Sorry. It was just more of a okay. So you you can play the piano, you can dance. I think half of this movie, we I, I just hate Ryan Gosling for okay. half the movie. When La La Land was first tested for audiences, it received a score of sixty five, which is below average. They hated the song Another Day of Sun, and they hated it even more as it ended on a downer note. Mm -hmm. It really did. I mean, it's one of those movies that I think maybe one of the better parts about it was it didn't end with a neat little bow. It ended a little more realistically. And I think in the end, maybe he had one version where they made it and he's like, this is just too sweet. This is like a, a stack of pancakes with way too much syrup. We need to take some of this syrup off, make it harsher. It, it may have been even worse if they had made it off together, at least in my opinion. First of all, your, your first of all, your logic is faulty. There is no such thing as too much syrup on your pancakes. <laughs> last and not, not last and not least, want to take a guess who turned down this film? 
I'll give you a hint. Huge star in the uh, early to mid 2000s. Huge star for the lady. Sorry, I should clarify. Who played who played Emma Stone's role? Who turned it down? Huge, huge star. I'm going to say Natalie Portman, maybe. Okay, Kevin Israel. Uh, I, I can no just idea. see her in that role. No guess. No, I got no idea. Emma Watson turned this down to do Beauty and the Beast, while Ryan Gosling turned down the role of Beast to do this film. <laughs> of course, it works out that way. Hollywood. <laughs> It Hollywood. didn't matter. Both, 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 were, both were juggernaut uh, films, that's for sure. Stepping shit left or right, lucky fuck. <laughs> enough tomfoolery, enough general shenanigans, debauchery, and hijinks. Kevin Israel, I think Dan's ready to do what he was meant to do tonight on this fine Monday evening, and that is Gut right. the but Sacred Cow. This is just a cool concept. Can I just say that? I mean, there's not a lot. There's re, there's spoiler podcasts. There's review podcasts. But to just take that shiny statue and toss it off a brick wall, it's 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 this is going to be fun. I can't I like agree more. Kicked, I'm going to order Pizza Hut tonight. <laughs> I like that he kicked off his gutting by rubbing our balls. Isn't that that's, great? That's he how sure, you should do it. He's cupping the fuck out of us right now. Maybe for lucky, we get a nice juggle. Like maybe. It, does Zoom work that way? I don't know. No, it can't work that way. God damn it. All yeah, right. That's, technology's coming soon. Don't worry. It, yeah, it is. So let me just preface this this ripping by saying that and back on December 29th of 2016, I wrote and I read this review over what I posted for this film. I thought, let me just see what I said then. Maybe I trashed the fuck out of it. And I was actually kind to it. I said it was a charming diversion for cinema viewers. You get to stare at Emma Stone. You get to stare at Ryan Gosling. And then I watched it a second time, and there was a garbage fire. So, First of all, so you, it sounds like you're a reviewer. And that, that review that you wrote a few years ago, congratulations on, on not sound, sounding like a complete snobby douchebag with I elbow patches. Because, boy, oh, boy, we ripped those assholes apart later on in the show. So you'll hear that. All right, so so – so far, I, I so good. The test. No ripping, though. No snobbery. No, that was pretty good. You didn't use too many words that, uh, especially words like zeitgeist. Watch Kevin Israel's fucking hair stand up when you say the word zeitgeist. <laughs> That's his fucking trigger word. Believe me. He oh, full gosh. Wolverine. I just, try to tell you, I just try to tell you if a movie's good or bad. I don't use the there's a paper in my city called the Riverfront Times. And I swear they try to jam a couple Oxford fucking monsters into those reviews and i'm just like okay let me look at my review that means shit okay he did not like this movie so why use that word okay so quotations la la land is overrated rant the number of times i wanted to fast forward in this film 27 i kept count the number of times i did fast forward i did i cheated a little bit teacher sorry but six Oof. I just had to get through some of those dancing and some of the hilarious? talking. Argument point number one, it's just too damn long. 228 minutes to tell a story about true love in Hollywood with singing and dancing. Get to your point. You can be 89 minutes and great. You can be 145 and great. But if you fall in between, you screw up, you stick out like a sore thumb. I kind of kept looking at my watch 
throughout this movie, and that's at least 15 times. Emma Stone is hot, but eventually she's not hot. And Ryan Gosling sounds like a poor man's Mark Wahlberg. We'll get into that later. <laughs> I don't know. Hold on. I, I, don't, I, I have to maybe stop her. Emma Stone is not hot. Let's just cut the horse. I think she can be Zombieland oh, hot. Like okay. Zombieland. Now, now you've waking now you've waking the dragon. If you say Emma Stone is hot, then what does that make Pam Anderson in the 90s or Emily Wojcikowski? Or Halle Berry. Your, your, your shirt basically burns off. That's where they're at. Right. So that's why the, the, the word hot, the word hot is, 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 is the pinnacle. There is no higher. Emma Stone is no. not the pinnacle. So let's just, I think we should, I think we should revisit that usage of the word hot. Okay. I'm going to edit that out and we're just going to go back. <laughs> I'm going to say that Emma Stone is a hot eighth grade teacher who, t- who teaches math. She's Fair. that kind of school teacher hot. Fair. Some... But not, the kind, but, like, but not the kind that fucks her students, though, unfortunately. No, no, unfortunately not. Unless you're <laughs> Ryan Gosling. Two movies. Come on now. Yeah. Um, number two, it's just a little bit too on the nose. It, it's gorgeous movie stars slumming, and they're living in these great apartments, and they're working on a studio back lot. Look, we could stare at Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone for a long time, but not for 128 minutes. It's just the, the, the plot doesn't have anything else going for it except for, hey, hopefully I get that part. Because in real life, I got this part. And then it's like six degrees of, of Emma Stone and Gosling and your paint, head starts to hurt. So it's a little too gorgeous for people that are slumming. I want to see ramen noodles. I want to see bad old Navy shirts from 1993 in Ryan Gosling's closet. I don't want to see him wearing this perfect suit. He's never sweating and he's dancing on the stage. And like, if I was doing that, I'd be like Shaquille O'Neal with 10 minutes left in the first quarter. I would be <laughs> just piss me off. So, I would say Patrick's Ewing is the out sweat is the sweatiest of all NBA players of all time that I've can seen. Can you imagine? It was a waterfall when he did that basket. It just went all over the guy. He was like, oh, God. It was, it was like it, it was like he decided to waterboard him with his own resources. <laughs> He's like, you know what? I'm not going to beat you that way. All right. Now, Patrick <laughs> Ewing's good. This movie's not. Um, <laughs> argument, argument point number three. It's actors playing actors. So Emma Stone won an Oscar Kevin's, I looked this up and it made my brain hurt. I was like, she's been so much, I mean, she's been better elsewhere. And she wins an, an Academy Award, not a, not a Golden Glow, which are handed out by sixth graders. Um, she <laughs> went an Oscar. This thing won six Oscars. I couldn't believe it. I thought it got nominated for eight to ten. You know, usually, like, Mank is not going to win a single Oscar on April 25th. Oh. It just got a bunch of nominations. Thanks, David Fincher. We love you. You know, we love Gary Oldman. So six nominations. It's a snooze fest. I think, I mean, how many, I hope I get this audition scenes do we need with Emma Stone? And then she goes back and even she has a bunch of roommates. She's living in one of the apartments. It looks like it was just torn out of Audrey Hepburn's dreamland. She has the walls covered where are you getting the money for this? If you're living in California, these are the things I worry about in movies. I shouldn't. I mean, I mean, maybe Mia is the wrong profession. Maybe she needs to be uh, uh, an interior decorator. See, that could have been good. What if she just goes, forget this make-believe shit. I'm going to go, you know, be the interior decorator. Gosling's going to play the piano. I don't know. I think actors playing actors, you got to just, you got to do something else with it. 
or it's just bland. And then she won an Oscar for it. Number four, um, Kevin, Goaty, you're going to like this one. Musicals suck. Okay. (laughs) When 2017 or 16 were going, hey, La La Land. I think first the title just is terrible. And then it's like musicals. And, you know, within the first few seconds on that highway, what are they doing? Jumping around. You know how much they were sweating in those scenes and they're just CGIing all the slope shirts out. You know, it's just two hour and really all the singing is dubbed. And ever since Hugh Jackman and Anne Hathaway did that stuff on the set in Les Mis, I got a little more respect and a little bit more of what musicals could be. It just doesn't look good when it's dubbed. You can tell that he's just whispering to Emma Stone. It's not authentic. It isn't like when Bradley Cooper said, hey, we had eight minutes to film a concert scene with Lady Gaga, and they did it. And there is no dubbing. And this one, you can tell it is, and that bothers me. And it's also just why musicals suck. Who needs a two-hour and eight-minute musical? You guys are getting a theme. It's the two-hour and eight minutes is bothering me a lot. Mm. Number five. Now, there's people who despise Ryan Gosling. And I'm actually an apologist for the guy. I think when he's used right, he's a very good actor. But this is a movie that I think really pushed that polarizing crowd up a notch. Because all you have here is Twinkle in My Eye talking like Mark Wahlberg's wounded brother. And it's just, he's like, hey, hey, we can do it. You need to follow your dreams. It's just like for two hours you get that. I want the... I want the minimalist, unsure Blade Runner 2049 Ryan Gosling. I want the drive Ryan Gosling. I want the guy that might bash somebody's skull in. I don't need this guy trolling around a lamppost, you know, wooing girls. It's just, I think this is what amped up the Ryan Gosling hate crowd is this movie. Nothing official there. That's just my perception. Number six, the score. This thing, I'm not sure 100% didn't check it if that won the award or not. I know it won six, but it's like a Clint Eastwood piano score with Red Bull or on steroids. It's just over and over. It's the same thing. I don't mind that type of music, but can we just shake it up a little bit? You know, it's the same thing. We were supposed to feel sorry for these people. I feel sorry for the person that had to listen to all that music when he was editing it. Hmm. And, of course, number seven – I don't like when people, I mean, maybe this was touched upon before, but when they look like perfection, you know, when people, again, they're playing struggling actors, living on the means, and they this, I don't think Gosling ever had to shave in the whole movie. I think his facial hair was almost too afraid to grow. And then hers, she's working in a Starbucks on the back lot, and she's dressing like, you know, Julia Robertson, Pretty Woman. This is, it's it just, I don't know, they, it just looks too good. Number eight. A movie within a movie, guys, a pet peeve of mine. I don't like it. And this movie, half the movie is a movie within a movie. Number nine, the love story. This is what I, I, whenever I left the film at a theater, everybody's like, oh, it's just such a good love story. They really loved each other. How did you know that? Because it just, they, they kick forward through seasons in this movie. Spring, and then fall, and then winter, and then they're living together. That's when people go, we don't want to write this. Let's just write it that it switches the seasons and they're living together. It's lazy writing. Okay? There's whiplash, and then there's this. I don't know Damien Giselle was trying to, like, push one past us, but it's just a very arbitrary love story. Like, um, let's put it this way. I got... 
true romance. I really believed in them. So I think they made the movie so much better because it was unpredictable. There was a lot of the different shades in that romance. This one was just so bland, like the movie. Number 10, simple. Six Oscars, six Maybe nominations. Maybe like if you just want to go, yeah, we love you, Damien. Yeah, we know you're going to make some other, you know, depressing crap. You know, here you go. But it won six. You, know, you don't do that on a whim. Number ten, number eleven. We're almost getting to the end. Don't fall asleep yet. <laughs> the, pacing and the, the pacing and the editing. These are the things that I guess, as even as a as a film fan, I, I just could notice when movies are just dragging their feet, and I wonder if. Some filmmakers are like, hey, I'm going to make a great 90-minute movie, and I'm going to pack it all in there. And then some are like, well, we, we, if we're going to win an Oscar, we better be two hours long. And so you can just tell in this movie more than anything that they could have cut a lot. They could have sped up some scenes, maybe got this. I don't know. I could just be a nitpicky, snobbish, Vin Diesel hobo film critic. But, you know, you, you have a confident stream, you know? So before you guys, I, I have a wrap up. Please. One paragraph. It's tedious and forgettable for an Oscar winner. It's not a bad movie. I mean, really, it's not. I watched it a second time. I, I didn't like want my time back. I didn't want to go to my clock and like rewind the minutes back to like two hours. But great performances, zero. Pristine editing, zero. Now, this is something a best picture winner should have. Good music? Nope. Not unless you like if Clint Eastwood just all of a sudden start drinking espresso and wouldn't leave the piano. No, it's not good music. Let's combine jazz and musicals. Let's like saying, let's just like watch a glacier for two hours. Two of the most boring elements. And I think have to be, this is another hot take. You need to appreciate both those things live in order to really get it. I think if I went into a jazz club and, and saw a guy playing, I think I would would be a little bit moved by it instead of listening to it for two hours and musicals if you saw that at a live performance so in the end i think damien should have won the oscars for whiplash and not this movie you i, I could have picked out six things in that movie that were more deserving even jk simmons he dances in this movie very quickly at the end but it just kind of bothered me it was like where's your tight t-shirt and why aren't you yelling at miles teller to finally straighten his nose. Were you rushing or were you dragging? Oh, oh yeah. it was it was dragging. Yeah. Oh, that film, by the way, you're, that film is fucking perfect. Whiplash, and isn't right. it? I mean, it was a crime that it lost to Bird. Yeah. And that's why no one ever takes the Academy seriously. Continue. They don't. They always give the Oscars to the guy for the movie after the masterpiece. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, that was too rough. Ryan Miles Teller, car crash. Okay, it's a really good movie. Why not reward it? Why do we have to reward a musical that's like a shiny piece of wrapping paper and you take it out and there's no steak in the middle of it? You know, can it's I, just can I, I'll, I'll answer that for you. Are you ready? Because it's not socially, uh, it's not a social issue. So that's right. That's if, if it's a musical, it, you're you're playing to the to the side of Hollywood that may or may not be gay, and that's something they all musical love it. 
But oh, when there's a straight huh. when there's a straight white male kid in charge, oh, we can't run about that. Let's give it something more <laughs> whimsical, or if it, was a, if, it, if it was a racial tone set to it, that's why. And that's yeah. why when, when Moonlight, well, not yeah, when Moonlight won that year ago, oh, stop it. Moonlight's good. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Moonlight is good. Does anyone own Moonlight? That I, do you guys know anyone that owns Moonlight? Answer: No. Is it good? Yes. Is it Best Picture good? It is not. Let me read off the nominations before. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but this. You just got me on a jag. The nominations, and I'll comment. Arrival, not good. Fences, good. Hacksaw Ridge, pretty good. Hell or High Water, didn't like it, but a lot of people love it. Hidden Figures, never saw it. Not, not really much of a desire. La La Land, well, you'll hear about that. Lion, good. Manchester by the Sea, a fucking three and a half hour ambient pill. And Moonlight, good, but not best picture good. Yeah, I mean, I, I like the I, I like the rival more just because in the end I felt it was a different kind of science fiction film. It didn't give us that same old crap, but right. I, I, it's just I think there's so many movies there. Even I mean, I appreciate Casey Affleck going for it in Manchester by the Sea, even though I can't forget the fact that he burned his house down as he fell asleep by a fireplace. But I mean, there's just so many good movies that are actually going for it. This one is just like, hey, we're gonna dance around, you know, Warner Brothers and. That's going to be it. We're done. Okay. So really in the end, the last line, there's nothing great about La La Land. And I think if it's going to win six, six Oscars, it's got to be great. So for me, it's overrated a ton. I don't think it's a bad flick. It's just overrated painfully. Give me a score one through 10. Oh, gosh. Uh, woo, five and a half. Okay. Hey gang, we here on the show often use the expression, that doesn't happen. You know how we can say that with such confidence? Because we have an actual fucking scientist sponsoring this show. That's right, Mr. A.M. Compson is our new sponsor, and he's helping spread scientific knowledge with his new lecture series. Are you a nerd who thinks school is too tough? Go to A.M. Compson to find books on a wide range of science and mathematics topics. That's university-level teaching at a fraction of the cost. Are you a tough guy who thinks school is for nerds? Then go to A.M. Compson and pick up the night school version of these books, which has the same exact information condensed with punchlines and swearing. New material every few weeks. It's like OnlyFans, but their fathers are actually proud of them. So go to amcompson.com today to start learning science. That's amcompson.com. Kevin Israel, I'm feeling magnanimous. Would you care to go first or shall I? Sure, I'll, uh, I'll take a stab at it. Your Honor, Your Honor. So my wife worked in theater uh, for a while. She uh, worked with a lot of uh, musical stars and did all that. So she's very into these kind of movies. We've gone to seen a lot of Broadway and I like, I like musicals. Unlike what you're about to hear from my fine co-host. Uh, I, I like musicals. I like the theater live. I think it's an, it's an awesome experience, even bad musicals. It's, it's an amazing, it's a lot of work. It takes, it's a spectacle and I do, I do enjoy it. Musical movies are terrible and they, it very rarely works. Even these live things they've been doing, the live recreations on TV, terrible. It just doesn't work. It, it's, 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 it's something you really need to see live to understand because people just, in a, in a realistic format, suddenly just breaking out into song and dance is awkward, and it never makes sense, and it always feels like you should be laughing. Like it always feels like... <laughs> 
so the beginning of this movie you have people stuck in traffic and it's hot and it reminded me of that scene in office space in the beginning where they're kind of barely moving and you can feel that like it makes you angry traffic makes you angry i've never been in traffic and thought you know what i really want to do i want to dance right now (laughs) that's not the emotion that comes about and in a musical the musical numbers serve one of two purposes, either to enhance, enhance the story or to tell the story. They should do one of those two things. In this movie, those musical numbers did neither. They were just kind of there. It was almost like they went along and were like, oh, shit, 15 minutes passed. We should, this should be sung. Sing this. This is going to have to be sung. And it never really made sense. The scene where she auditions and she sings that song and my wife was like, oh, my God, this is an amazing part. You have to. And by the way, my wife, when this movie started, my wife's like, you're not going to like this. It's very slow. And so her, coming from her, that really meant something. But when that scene came when she was auditioning and she goes, oh, you have to watch this. This is an important scene. And she starts singing. And I guess it was a nice song. But she's telling this whole story about her aunt that had this whole tragic life. And I was like, I would have rather heard her tell that story. Singing ruined the story. I don't even know exactly what the story was, but it sounded really interesting. And clearly it was important enough for her to tell this story in this pinnacle moment in her life. And it would have been so much better just if she told it. So the, the music never moved the movie along. It never gave it any pacing. It never gave anything any sense of urgency. It just kind of happened. The, ones, the one song that sort of worked was when, they were, when all four of them were dancing, uh, the, the friends, were, and they were getting ready to go out. And it's, that sort of felt like, I get it, like they're all getting excited and they're trying to convince her to go. And that was, that was sort of entertaining, but it still always felt awkward. And it feels weird because movies are supposed to feel like real life. They're supposed to feel like this is actually this could actually happen. And then suddenly it's just this, these musical numbers that just made no sense and it didn't serve the plot. And then what's worse, and Dan said it 50 times, so I don't need to say it, the movie's too long. It's too long and slow, and the pacing of the movie is terrible. And in the end, the story that this movie is telling, the plot of the movie, could be told in 40 minutes. This movie could have been 40 minutes long and been just as effective. Because it was just, it's just basically a, a romance story about two, two kids trying to make it in the tough town of L.A. Oh, and by the way, I never, I never saw this movie before. I never had any idea what it was about. And when, when it started, I was like, La La Land, L.A., I get it. What assholes. Like, that's just <laughs> angry. Like, it's too on the nose. Just, yeah, it's just, screw you, we get it. It's like, ah, go fuck yourself. But the... There was just, like I said, the pacing was the pacing was just terrible. It it never got you to any point. You you never felt like there were stakes in this movie. Like, what's the worst going to happen? She's a pretty girl. She's clearly going to get the part at some point. He's a really good looking guy. He's clearly going to it's going to work out for him. And oh, I'm sorry, they didn't end up together. Guess you know how many relationships I didn't end up in. Like that's crazy. That that's like the the moment. And and by the way, they have zero chemistry. There's zero chemistry yeah. between the two of them. Yeah, and like Dan said very well, yeah. you're just told they're in love. But, and the love yeah. comes out of nowhere. Because, by the way, it starts off that they don't like each other. She, she's, she doesn't, he's an asshole to her. She gives him the finger, I think. And so they never even played that off. There was never any moment where they had to like resolve that tension. It just went from, oh, you're an asshole. Oh, you're a bitch. Oh, you play music. Oh, hey, you want to go out? It was like, wait, wait. Got, oh, because they danced together. There was a musical scene, and that's supposed to tell us that they suddenly like each other, and it's okay. And that's horseshit. There was no development of a relationship there, and there was absolutely no chemistry. Ryan Gosling, I think, is a talented actor. 
And like Dan said, when he's used correctly, he's very he he he's, he does socially awkward characters a lot, which is strange because he's such a good looking, seemingly charismatic kind of guy. But in this movie, he started off like he was socially awkward or that there was this like he was kind of like this obsessive, like, oh, it's, everything was jazz. And I thought he was really going to like lean into that and he was going to be obsessive about it. And then he went from that and suddenly he just became a normal guy who's dating this girl. And you're like, yeah, he likes jazz. And then he was in this other band. And that you lost that kind of interesting character who was supposed to be almost like a savant. And he just became just another kind of musician guy who's a good looking guy dating this girl. Like there there was just no stakes in this movie to make me care about any of it. And it was, it was, that made it boring. So the movie was paced poorly and the plot never grabbed you in. And the, the one thing I will say about it, the end, I liked the end a lot. I liked that moment where they went back and they saw what could have been and they she walked out and she looked at him and you're 100% right Dan if if they had a happy ending together this would have been a dog shit movie because then it would have just been like oh if you're pretty in LA everything works out for you great don't worry and I cause I was sure when they were when they separated and then it was like five years later I thought he was going to be dead or I thought somebody something even more dramatic <laughs> had happened she was going to end up Sharon Stone in Casino like that kind of ending rest like, in peace he was going to have one leg and he was going to be deformed and it turned out there were like yeah. I would love to see a movie like that where just the last yeah. five minutes completely just twists and you're like well, this this was a zombie movie the yeah. whole time I didn't see that happening she yeah gets, and then Tarantino she, yeah, Tar- Tar- she gets hit by a car yeah. and then the Tarantino writes the last act. Yeah. I hope you know what I hope that's what Tarantino does with his last movie. Right. I hope he just builds something up and then just something horrible happens at the end and it ends and again he goes goodbye folks. The guy gets his head cut off. That's it. That's it. That's it. But no, I mean, it felt like to what you said, you know, in, in Whiplash, you wanted him to please J.K. Simmons. You wanted him to reach that point. There, like you said, there were stakes in that movie. Right. You were really one Miles Teller's character to get there. And here, you knew in the end they're either going to be in love or they're going to get the job. And so, yeah. I'm, right. Good right. point. There was, yeah. There was, I mean, the worst thing that could happen to these two people, they're still – attractive, intelligent people who can probably make it in like there. There's, there's the, the worst thing that's going to happen is what we kind of all would be happy with, you know, <laughs> you know, and not going to be a uh, Tom Cruise of an old sky. The, the one line <laughs> that did kind of stick with me at the end when he has the club and he, the, his, I guess his partner goes, Oh, you know, we're not doing too bad. And he's like, not too bad is great. And it's like, you're not doing too bad. You have a successful packed jazz club where you get to play your jazz all the time you're doing fantastic you're living the dream like not too bad you should be like jerking off on stage like it's you're you won won the game congratulations you're handsome you're amazing musician and you have your own jazz club that would be like that would be like if if goatee and i opened up our own comedy club that was packed all the time and we get to get up every night and kill and we're like yeah it's all right that's what we've been right. talking about. That's what we've been trying to. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but I will tell. I will tell one one really quick story that this that this movie really impacted me. This movie impacted me for two reasons. First of all, um, I was a drummer, and I you had when you at, growing up, I played the I played the drums as a kid up through college and a little after. And you have to learn how to play jazz. It's just something you have to do. And I hated jazz. I didn't get it. I didn't understand it. It's very difficult to play. So kudos to any jazz musician out there it's very difficult to play and i hated it and i and you and and whiplash i i it's a fucking great movie but it was like ptsd for me because that was 
that all those all, are you Russian or are you dragon? Kevin, you're rushing. Kevin, you're rushing. And I, like, I, I like it gave me like made me want to throw up. Like, <laughs> I heard that so many times because I was a mediocre drummer at best. So that I mean, that was I just relived that. But auditions. I went on an audition where there was a point where I was doing going on auditions a lot. And I went on a comer- an audition for a commercial and they sent the, you typically, when you go on an audition, they give you lines that you have to read. They give you some kind of something. They didn't give us anything for this. And we show, I show up and there, and it was just like that scene where she, where she was, it was just like 90 redheads. And it was just 20 guys who looked like me all, you know, we, we were all basically dressed the same and we were, we, they give us the lines there and we're auditioning to uh it was a commercial for a chip for a health potato chip type thing and we had to go in and we had to it was two different commercials that we had to read for and so so i go in and and i literally just got these lines and they're and the guy was like i'm sorry you know i know you just got these lines don't worry about it just give it your best shot you know do it a few times a few different ways however you want we we understand you just got them so i went through the first commercial and went okay second commercial was for a quinoa trip chip. I had never seen the word quinoa before. I had no idea what it was. I I thought maybe that was the brand. And so I go, so I was like, ah, I was out in the forest harvesting quinoa. And he, and I and I keep going. He's like, wait, 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 stop. What did you just say? I was like, quinoa? He's like, it's quinoa. I was like, oh, sorry. So he says, just do it again. So I did it again. And I was like, ah, I was out in the forest harvesting quinoa. And he's like, it's quinoa. That's enough. You can go. And I was like, I didn't know the word. Watching her audition all these times, that like that is like gives me a little bit of PTSD. But look, I think they're going to say you were there for some Lou Pearl and Backstreet Boys boy band shit. (laughs) All right, now spread your ass cheeks and let's see how much we can fit in that butthole of yours. Don't don't pucker up. Don't pucker up. That's how it. Don't cough. Don't cough. That was the part I did get. (laughs) (laughs) Hence the sweater vest collection. So in the in the end for me this movie it wasn't I I didn't I I didn't really enjoy it I thought it was it was boring I liked the end and I thought the story that they told like I said could have been told in forty minutes and it probably would have been more effective <laughs> if they made this movie a forty five minute movie without any music in it it probably would have been interesting but a two hour plus movie with a bunch of random pointless musical interludes was just odd and awkward and drag and it dragged <laughs> dragged so for me for me this movie's a, a four. Okay. Warning, this podcast is inappropriate, dumb, and should not be listened to. Oral discretion advised. I do this in the name of science. Jeff, which kid took the gummy bears? Can you name a famous trombone player? How do you know my name? I'm Santa. That was the best I've ever seen. Thanks, bro. Every episode is a different story with different people, played by different actors, sometimes. I know I've told you this before, but I don't like you. Is this because we want to get a dog? Pow. We got a dog. Wham. Let's get a dog. Toledo. You're disrespecting painting, you can Can you believe he said that? No, man. Can't change my mind on this. I wish for a bigger Boy, if I was listening to this on some other podcast that was running a trailer for it, I would sure go listen to it. You know what? Split-second decision. All of it's real. Yes, I would murder Santa Claus. Check us out wherever you listen to podcasts. 
Fat Tango Presents is a monthly scripted comedy show. Each episode is a self-contained short story that showcases the sick, twisted senses of humor of its creators. Episodes range from podcast parodies to supernatural encounters and cartoonish ridiculousness. New episodes release the first Monday of every month. Fat Tango is also launching its podcast network this month, so go to their website, FatTangoProductions.com, and follow them on social media, at Fat Tango Podcast on Twitter, and at Fat Tango Productions on Instagram. Thanks again, guys. Here we go. I have a feeling Goaty's going to be less than us, man. I have a feeling it's going to be like a burning, raging 3.3. hates musicals. Like it, oh. it, it strikes something in his. He's got his notes. I'm just gonna get. Let me get a pillow. <laughs> <laughs> Why your ass is gonna hurt now? <laughs> All right, these notes brought to you by guttingthesacredcow.com, where every day you go on our website, you get a brand new piece of content every single day. List of ten that didn't happen, where we talk about things that they try and pass along in movies that are regular occurrences, but in real life. Don't happen. Movie news, sequels we want to see, sequels we never fucking asked for, movies we've seen, and quotes. And of course, don't forget, we love those five-star ratings, two or three-sentence reviews, big-time help for us. And also, we're on Clubhouse every Tuesday night at 9 o'clock. Come to Kevin and Kevin's One Joke Workout Room. Every Thursday at 8, come find us as we talk films. 17 seconds in, and we're already breaking out in the fucking song. In traffic. In traffic. A new record, Kevin Israel, of that doesn't happen. <laughs> no one sits in traffic and goes, you know what? You know what makes my day go by? Breaking out in a song on a sweltering hot day. Uh, to be continued. Too much singing. Not enough. Don't get. Sorry. Not enough. Get back into your fucking car or I'll kick you in the cunt right back to Avenue Q. Not enough of that because that is what really happens during a traffic jam. The, I'll take the fastest way to get shot for $800. What is leaping onto strangers' cars in traffic? That doesn't happen. Some asshole jumps on my 2013 Toyota Highlander. I swear to Christ, they are going to get a three-inch knife in the ribs. Promises. Emma Stone has the Beverly D'Angelo overbite, but not the three-smoke-pack-a-day voice, as well as luscious D-cups. I want to see five dude roommates break into song like those gals did, but only on the night of WrestleMania singing each wrestler's theme song. Because that's what would really happen. Just be breaking it, glass. <laughs> Good God, King, it's the rock. <laughs> 2017, people breaking into song and dance at a Hollywood party. In the 1960s, orgies and cocaine. I'll take the 1960s Hollywood version 10 out of 10 times. Mia's friends left her and let her to go walk to her car alone in the wee hours of the morning. The only way that story could have been acceptable is if her friends were too busy getting double teamed by Leonardo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt, or at least blew a casting director to get a part in CSI Topeka. Coming this fall. I like to imagine other roles for films. How about we flip the roles to an all an African-American cast? Play along with me. Here you go. Ready? How about we have playing the role of Ryan Gosling as Jaleel White, a.k.a. Urkel, and Gabrielle Sidibe, a.k.a. Precious. Much more fun movie. 
You know this movie is complete horseshit when you don't see a single homeless person or a homeless encampment in an L.A.-based film. Jazz. The music every white person pretends to like to seem worldly, but can't name any jazz musicians except Scott Joplin or Miles Davis. You don't like jazz. People, stop it. Why did Ryan Gosling take a singing and dancing role when he can just stay home and bang Eva Mendez all day long? That is the question of the century. That is, that's a million-dollar question. What I wouldn't give for a drunk driver to come around that curve and wipe them out during that dance number in the street. Where's James Dean and James Manfield when you need them? Okay. <laughs> when I walked a girl back to her car, I felt I had a better chance of doing butt stuff with her than breaking out to song and fucking dance. Kev, you mean not once in college did you just start singing to a girl? Just The whimsy nature that goes on their date at the observatory is just fucking nonsense. Oh, stop it. Floating in the air like the princess in Super Mario Brothers 2? No, stop it. Every time I see John Teagan, I think, how exhausting must it be to be married to Chrissy Teagan? How annoying must it be to 25 times a day here? How do I look in this selfie, Ed? Can you believe this troll said I have the face of a lemur john legend's band has the same level of awkward white people dancing as a at a kenny g or bruce springsteen concert who's got to get a bruce again terrible and john legend just smiles the entire time on the screen he's like hey i'm john legend hey, of course you know you're why? smiling you're rich and you're just showing hey, he up won the game he also won the game like yeah. he's- you know why because he's not home listening to chrissy teigen's tweets no. This got a lot better when they stopped prancing and uh, singing and prancing around. Is there a Snyder cut available without the musical numbers? This ending did not need to get all sliding doors on us. This dragged out that last musical ensemble doubly not warranted. And now I say this wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. I always hold these musicals with an absolute lowest of the low expectations and the only one to completely pull my pants uh, oh sorry the only one to completely match my level of disgust is Greece. that film is a mam- woolly mammoth abortion and i stand by that and i'll fight anyone who says otherwise dirty dancing not as bad as i thought it was going to be this not as bad as i thought it was going to be but for a musical I understand why people liked Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper and what was that? Star is Born. The, you hear the songs. I don't like them. They're catchy, but I, so I get it. Never have I ever heard anyone ever mentioning any of these songs, having them on their phone, playing them in a, in a restaurant or a bar and go, that's the song from fucking La La Land. Never. And if it's a musical, that is what they rest their laurels on. This is a forgettable film that has zero rewatchability. And also, of course, Kevin Israel does not pass the remote test. Dan, the remote test is a test quite simple. If you are flipping around on cable and find this at any point of the film, you drop the remote and go, yep, I know what I'm doing for the next 30 minutes, hour, hour and a half, whatever. This film fails the remote test i don't know anyone who owns this film i don't know anyone who speaks highly of this film i certainly don't know anyone who recommends this film i am not a musical person as my lovely co-host has mentioned 
So to give the scoring outs, I give a minus half a point for the pacing, a minus full point for the uh, for the musical nonsense, putting me at a five and a half. Wow. Wow. Not as bad as I thought. After that first 20 minutes, the first 15 minutes ago, Jesus Christ, two musical numbers. She's dancing where they're doing the number where they're dancing in the apartment and the freeway bullshit. I go, here we fucking go. And, and it got better. It did get better. It was cute trying to see her zip around, trying to figure out how to make it and pretend that she doesn't have an overbite. That was all fun. She must have worn retainers. Good for her. But it did get a little better, but still not that great. Let's see what those aforementioned assholes who pretend to smoke pipes and swish around their brandy at meetings and use words that no one else would ever use as Dan has his beer pinky out. I noticed that. (laughs) Critics, five-star reviews. Critics, five-star reviews. Critics, five-star reviews. Critics, five-star reviews. It doesn't just breathe new life into an old genre. It performs CPR onto it, bringing back its beating heart to vibrant life. La La Land is a lovely, pleasing, and show-stopping movie that should be... Move. And show-stopping movie that should be watched on the biggest screen, loudest sound, and brightest colors possible. Sounds like someone was jerking off during Joseph the Amazing Technicolor Coat. Dream coat. Dream coat, thank you. See, I passed the gay test. Ha ha. <laughs> a celebration of music and magic where swelling emotions are captured by somber yet jazzy late motifs. L E I T M O T I F S. Nope. See? Oh, yeah. You, you, knew, you knew one of those words was going to sneak in. It has a powerful message that lifts you from your chair, pulls you by the ears, and makes you give a blowjob. No, and forces you to continue with the task of fulfilling your dream. This sounds like hate fucking, not the task interview. of fulfilling your dream. Yeah. Settle down. What? The medical. Is- who? <laughs> Watch that movie. Did he have a good? Pe- did he have a really good slice of pizza oh, before there he wrote that he, review? There are there are he's and she's, and I will say one of those she's looks exactly how you would picture her. <laughs> the meta qualities of La La Land, which have led led many to call it a love letter to classic musical films, owe a great deal to this atmospheric framing device. Here is someone that no one talks to at parties, let alone in line at the post office. (laughs) Critics, one-star reviews. Critics, one-star reviews. Critics, one-star reviews. I have so many feelings about how much I hated this movie. If La La Land bring, brings back the genre to vitality, I'll rejoice. But while much of this movie is clever and enjoyable, I can't say I found it exciting. The wayward side effect of casting Gosling as this jazz whisperer is that La La Land becomes a Trojan, white hor- <laughs> Trojan horse white savior film. I'm sorry. This is the one where you could picture her exactly as you, she looks exactly as you think. La La Land just doesn't have male writer syndrome. It has white male writer syndrome, which prevents writer-director Damien Chazelle's film from living up to its glorious premise. 
What does that mean? I don't understand. What is it? What is it? Do you like? Do you like it? Do you not like it? Do you hate the idea? No, 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 you... guys, guys, you're missing the point. She has an agenda. Yeah, narrative. She's Boo, got her narrative. white people, and guess what? She's white. Hey, hypocrisy. That's right. Barring or repackaging liberally from 20th century musical titans, La La Land often appears drunk on nostalgia. It's a traditionalist that so longs to be revolutionary, but not really. These are sitting in me like I just ate two bricks of cheese. I, I do have you to just, say, yeah. this, is, this is what I would expect all the reviews for this movie to sound like. A hundred percent, yeah. Because yeah. it feels like this is what people do. They, I think they latch on to the popular movie even just for a little bit. Because you got to think, like like you said, who's going to remember this movie? Nobody. No one. So for those two months, they go, oh, so good. It was so good. Yeah, right. And then they just, they drifts from their whole imagination in the next, like, day. It's gone. You know why? Because they want to seem worldly. I get it. Look, I, the same was, I, I don't want everyone to know that my favorite movie is Jurassic Park. So I'm just going to tell people that I saw La La Land and loved it. Yeah, it's great. I, I just watched Demolition Man six times. And I, I fucking La love La it. Oh, I love Demolition Man. <laughs> it's such a good. Is it, 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 it knows what it wants to be. If La La Land had that kind of awareness and initiative, it probably would have been like a 45-minute masterpiece. And, and it's instead, it's two hours and eight minutes. Yeah, Demolition Man was an hour and 50 of shit blowing up and Stallone and Snipes doing what they do best. Trading, yeah, pithy, trading pithy comebacks. It's just great. I feel like we need to bring in Sandra Bullock's character and go, hey, guys, what's going on? Why is everybody so sad? Yeah. You know? <laughs> you she really licked. You idiot in that yeah. movie. <laughs> you really licked his ass. Okay. <laughs> Amazon five-star reviews. Five star reviews. Amazon five star reviews. I started to get disappointed, especially with movies taken from Broadway and made into movie musicals with actors that really don't have the talent for these types of movies. I come from the state. I come from stage anyway, and seen and worked with the best. So for me, I've always been extremely critical of the new modern musical. But La La Land, I take my hat off to you. If you get the Blu-ray, you'll see that it's in seven-channel stereo surround sound. I have a 26-seat theater in my house with 4K projection and the best sound system available. I project on a 12-foot screen with a curtain, which is all automatic. Wasn't this the wave to tell all poor people to fuck right off or what? Was that review written by Sam Goody? (laughs) (laughs) Or his cousin Sam Ash? Yeah. (laughs) Dear people, I was in Broadway. I was in the theater, so I already know. Really? Then way to go. I already know. Patty Lapone. That's my one Broadway (laughs) reference. Hopefully it pans out. Next one. I don't know why, but I resisted seeing this movie even after all the praise from film and critics. I saw the opening sequence on a flight and didn't bother watching the rest. One buddy kept after me to watch it, and I finally did. And yes, it was great. Beautiful, compelling story. Let's get one thing fucking straight. No one has a buddy, as he put it, and said, bro, don't watch Terminator 2 for the 400th time. You need to give La La Land the chance it deserves, bro. No. Ready, Kevin? That doesn't happen. 
Oh, wait, can I give you a it real does, quick? It, it's just people just make it up. Mm-hmm. A real You're quick saying? that doesn't happen that happened in this movie that I it happens in every movie and it drives me crazy. She got it was either him. I think he got bills and it said pass a due across it or pay uh-huh. immediately or something. Yeah. That doesn't that's not how you get bills. In fact, they don't want you to know what's inside because they want you to open it up and have to read their shit. And so whatever. Yeah. I mean, I get that they have to do it so you know what it is. But every movie puts that past. Yeah. Due. They've never done that. That's never been a thing. No, yeah, be, because we it, have to. We, it, we it's have, a little red yeah. print. <laughs> yeah, we, that's because we have direct pay, Kevin. We don't pay dues <laughs> bills past when they're due. <laughs> Good this is God. crazy. Just put that. I, I want that close-up shot of the red. It's past due. Not the whole thing. They can't even read the letter. <laughs> You're on double secret past due probation. Next one. I cry every time I watch it. No, you don't. I have engaged friends and relatives to watch it and strongly advise them just to hang in there until the end. I can't tell you of how many of my friends slash relatives have called me back saying at first, they thought I was insane, but by the end of the movie, they had the same reaction I did. So hang in there if you get this movie because the end is well worth the wait, but make sure you have tissues. Oh, boy. These are socially maladjusted people that cry at this film, right? This is These are the people that watch it at a free screening, and they're like, I watched it for free, I felt so good, and they're going to write this crap. Come on. They're the same people you see at screenings when they have the actors go up and they do a quick little Q&A, and they try and ask a yeah. question where it sounds like they took one film class, and they're trying to sound like they're smarter <laughs> the entire audience, and then the director and the actors look up and go, what the fuck are you talking about? That's what that is. <laughs> If you love, I just want to ask The Rock, why don't you really knock somebody the fuck out? Please tell me. <laughs> like, Rock, why don't you give the people's eyebrow while hanging from that eye beam in Skyscraper? Like, uh. at least give, give Alexandra Daddario's tits the people's eyebrow because those deserve two people's eyebrows. Yes. If you love musicals, you'll love this movie. It's just like other movies that in it has some happy and some sad parts. It's unlike other movies in that it is decent, in all caps, with no graphic or gratuitous sex scenes. Even my husband loved it. At the end, you can kind of sort of choose the ending you want. Did they order the choose your own adventure version of this film, Kevin Israel? Did I miss something? Was that option available on Amazon? How many movies have real uh, modern day? How many movies have graphic graphic sex scenes? Like almost none. Few, few, not, not very the, yeah. few. What was the last? What Monsters Ball was the last one that comes? Monsters to mind? Ball. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, mainstream. I mean, this is right. like two movie stars. No way. Yeah, because now they realize, oh wait, we don't need fucking in this. People get porn for free. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Amazon one star reviews. Amazon one star reviews. This has to be one of the worst movies ever made. It was so bad, I could not watch it past the introduction. Liar. But my five-year-old granddaughter watched the whole thing and loved it. I was going to throw it away, but she wanted to keep it. That doesn't happen. Bullshit. The introduction. Stop it. I have ADD like all of you guys do. You can make it past the introduction. You're going to tell me that you hate episode one so much after the scroll? You're like, I'm done. Fuck this. That's it. I've forgotten why musicals in general have gone out of style. Got a reminder. Ugh. Couldn't get past the first 15 minutes of ever-present dripping saccharin. 
I like that word saccharin. I use that word to describe Remember the Titans with saccharin a lot. That film, not that good. Overall, like being stabbed in the eye with the dirty chopsticks for three hours, even though this movie isn't that long, being stabbed in the eye is actually better than watching. So I had to tack on some extra time to adjust. I, you tell me. I like musicals, but this one was terrible in my opinion. Try Paint Your Wagon if you want real entertainment. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, boys, but isn't Paint My Wagon starring Jenna Jameson and Lexington Steele? Mm-hmm. Wagon code for ass. All right, I'll go fuck myself. I don't know who's more shallow. I don't, excuse me. I don't know who's shallow <laughs> enough. I don't know who is shallow enough to think that the storyline of this movie is not tired, old, done, and uninventive. The review that said, I've been waiting all my life for a movie like this. Whoa. Hope things get better. Signed, Cash Me Outside Girl. You know about her? (laughs) No, I just made that up. No, but do you know what happened to her? It's so amazing that you just brought that up. Yeah, I, I did because they talked about in Legion of Skanks how she did a, an OnlyFans on like the day she turned 18. And she made a million dollars in two hours. But she didn't get naked, wow. they said, too. Oh, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I didn't even know she was a thing. I didn't know that was a – I didn't know. And then I just saw – she was trending on Twitter, and she made a million dollars in two hours. A million dollars. She, she turned get- 18 – Literally at midnight, opened an OnlyFans account and made a million dollars. See, I have the same desire to see her naked as I see. I've had a desire to see the Olsen twins naked at 18, which is zero. (laughs) I, I, she wasn't even like, even when I saw that interview, I wasn't like somebody that I was like, oh, she's going to be, she's going to look good when she grows up. You know what kind of porn you can find in my browser? Not meth head garbage white trash. (laughs) Not in my browser. He doesn't, he doesn't. He doesn't stream that. He only downloads it. <laughs> <laughs> wait, till, wait till this computer has to go to the boys at the Best Buy Geek Squad. They're in for a fucking treat. <laughs> Kevin Israel. Did, chair. Yeah, did my bro fast story. My buddy, one of my best friends, he had to take his shit in, and he was a LimeWire porn fiend. To oh, where he, man. This is 2000, 2001. He would download videos and send them to us. He downloaded this girl sucking a horse dick. And when the horse blew a load, it was a fucking fire hydrant and like a shotgun. <laughs> and you just can't help but laugh. So his computer craps out and he takes it to his buddy who works for his company. He's an IT guy. He goes, hey, man, my shit crapped out. Can you, can you bring it back to life? And he, he calls him like a day later. He goes, dude, thank fucking God you did not take this to the Best Buy. You seriously would be getting calls from the cops. Did <laughs> he get called? <laughs> so my second, my second semester, my first year of law school, my, uh, my laptop crashed. And that, like, that's everything's on your laptop. I mean, we, every, my outline's everything. So we had an IT department at law school. And I, this, and I had been downloading porn for years, like 10 years. And every time you got a new laptop, everything just transferred. So, I mean, it was literally like my history of every porn that I've ever watched. <laughs> Hundreds of videos. And this, and, it was, and this was probably a little before streaming was as popular as it is. So I, my laptop crashed. So I called them and they were like, oh yeah, you can bring it in. We'll, you know, do whatever. And if it needs a hard, new hard drive, blah, blah, whatever. I bring it in. So I'm studying with my friends. I don't have my laptop. And I was like, oh my God, I have so much porn on that. 
And they're like, oh, they see it all the time. Like, well, they don't care. And I was like, no, it's a lot. <laughs> like, it's it's no big deal. So they call me up like the next day and they were like, yeah, it needed a new hard drive. We put the new hard drive in. And I, and I told them the only file you need to save is titled law school. That's the only file. <laughs> so don't uh, look at Bra- Brazilians getting fucking uh, cum shots. <laughs> so I go and I pick it. And we were all joking, like, is is all my other stuff going to be there? Like, are they going to try to save it? Like all my, my music and whatever, but all these like gigabytes of porn. So I get my gigabytes. My How much? Oh, did you- yeah. Oh, easy. gigabytes. Oh. Jesus oh, Christ. So I bring my laptop back and we're, we're like, we're all in this, this study room and I open it up and I go into my files and I was like, nope, it's all gone. And they were like, oh man, that sucks. But so the next day I get a call and it's, and they're like, Hey, Mr. Israel, this is the, uh, Hofstra law school IT department. Um, and I was like, oh, I was like, listen, thanks. Everything works perfectly. And they were like, yeah, you picked it up. We weren't done downloading everything back onto your hard drive. You had a lot of um, media files. Do you want those? And I was like, can I get them? And they were like, if you want. And I was like, okay. So I brought it back and it was like the creepiest exchange. Like I gave it to the guy and he's like, it's going to take about 10 hours for us to get this all back on the hard drive. And I was like, I don't need it right now. All, all just you, you can watch again. Ass worshiping rim jobbers. <laughs> and look, like, you know, looking back on it, like I didn't even, like I probably never watched any of that. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's funny. I burned porn because I used to have before my iMac. I had like a regular Windows, and there was a program called uh, like Rip DVD. Like I, oh, yeah. I, oh, I yeah. burned so much. So many of my films I just would get from Netflix and burn them and have them. So I built my library up in no time. And I also burnt porn. And I, and I have it in my, my bookcase right now. I've come to my house. It says nothing but porn one, nothing but porn two, nothing but porn right there for everyone to look at. That's hilarious. Oh, my, but but uh, Lawrence Deloach, my buddy, does a great joke. He's like, you know what? I have porn on my computer and I save it under a file. WNBA highlights. <laughs> no one's going to look at that shit. Never. That's a great one. Kevin Israel, did Dan Buffett gut the sacred cow? Yeah, I think he did. Yeah, I think, uh, I, I, I think he got it, Dan. I think you got you came in skilled. You came in with a plan. I respect anybody who comes in uh, with a plan. And I think Kevin and I really enjoy when a when a guest spends some time to, to put it in. And I, I got to say, of our 75 plus episodes at this point, I think you you definitely spent the most time put working out that plan and really, really honed it. And, and one you, of you, one of for sure. Yeah, that's you got we were this talking to fucker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I co-signed on that. Yeah, we were Dan and I were talking <laughs> in the, on the tweets today on the email today. Excuse me. And he was just like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, I'm watching right now. Like I got four pages about you know, 10 minutes in. I'm like, that a boy. This will be good. <laughs> just yeah, fine. man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, if you, hey, I mean, if you're going to say you're going to do something, you got to do it right. So, right. Come in prepared. Amen. Unlike some cunts who thought that watching the film was too much of a chore to do. An unrealistic assignment. Thank you. Come on. Dan, how many times people tell you you look like a skinnier uh, yet recovering alcoholic version of Triple H? (laughs) That's the first. Triple H now. Yeah, Yeah, now. Yeah, Yeah. you know. I had been told that I looked like Corey Stoll, the guy, the bad guy from Ant-Man. Yep. Yeah, I am the game. And you have to spit, <laughs> spit, and you have to spit water in the air when you're done. 
<laughs> you know, if you were going to put Triple H in this movie, it would have gotten a lot more interesting. He's like, can you guys just shut up with all that singing and dancing? Speaking you of know? Triple H in a movie I rewatched about a month or two ago, and I shame myself for doing it, Blade Trinity. He's in that. I forgot about that. Oh, and he, he is. Fucking out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's terrible <laughs> in this film. Not that it's that film was bad when you said I When he said Triple H, when you said Triple H, and then you said I watched, I was like, it's got to be Blade. Because like, Blade. Triple H, I think that's the only movie he was in. Yeah, that's thankfully, it. Thankfully, thankfully. Dan Buffa, tell the good folks what you're up to, where we can find you, all that good stuff. Uh, movie reviews, KSDK News, and STL Jewish Light. That's it. That's, that's got a Jewish, you know, we Jew up the movie reviews over there. Uh, at Buff82 on Twitter. Pretty much everything. I, I tweet too much about baseball. I always make a, a New Year's resolution to not care about baseball as much. And then my blood pressure gets high in April and it lasts until October. So at Buffy2 on Twitter, KSDK News. And also for all the unfiltered, let's just say, articles that have a lot of fucks in them, doseofbuffa.com. That's probably my most prized writing today. That, that's where I get to kind of just – write whatever I want. So if you want to get to know who I am, go to doseofbuffa.com. Do it. Check it out. And then, and then make fun of him bring a Cardinals fan. That's the first thing you can do. <laughs> ah, yeah. Cardinals fan, man. It, it, uh. it, it, it's a lifelong, <laughs> it's a lifelong uh, trial and tribulation. Oh, stop it. You're only, I'm a Yankees fan. You're second to us in championships. Life hasn't, hey, been, Yankees. Life, life hasn't been that hard to you. Yeah, but I mean, here everybody just gets crazy about lineups every day. It's like there's 162 of these games. Right. Be patient. Yeah. Be more upset that you lost your football team again. Yeah, again, twice. <laughs> <laughs> Dan, you're fucking amazing. Kevin Israel, would you co-sign on that? Agree? Oh yeah, Dan, you did great. That was awesome. Last. Hey, night. I appreciate the invite, guys. Yeah, man. Uh, Kevin Israel, where can we find you? What about you, pal? What's going on? Uh, KevinIsrael.com. Uh, some comedy's coming back slowly but surely, so check out my calendar. Uh, I'm up at Foxwoods once a month, so I'll be posting when I'm there. And yeah, give it, leave us, a, like Kevin said earlier, leave us a five-star rating and a review. It really helps us. We appreciate it, and we feature you, so you get a little stardom with it, and you get to hear how much we love you, so it's a, it's a great thing to do. Leave us a review, and it helps. And if you want to advertise with us, guttingthesacredcow at gmail.com. You've heard a few advertisements right now during this episode. How do you get on that? Easy. Email us to do so. Thanks again, kevingoatee.com as well. Dates, whatever. We're working on that. But more importantly, guttingthesacredcow.com every single day. Uh, for, like I said, the blogs and all the good stuff. If you like the show, why wouldn't you? We're better than every other movie podcast out there. Duh. Tell a friend. That's the best compliment we can have. Tell a friend. And if you really like us, go to our merch shop at guttingthesacredcow.com. Grab a hat bag, mug, cell phone holder, condom dispenser. I don't know. Whatever floats your boat. But we got it all there, God damn it. But that's it, man. Thanks, Dan, for coming on the show. Did a great job. We'll have you on again, we promise. And then uh, Kevin and I will catch you all, folks, next time. Thanks a lot. Take care. Peace. All right. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.